You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma, uh, back in our new series around food-related topics where we meaning me and Logan, interview uh, restaurateurs in the Oklahoma City metro area. Logan is my resident expert. I'm going to say he's the This Is Oklahoma resident expert for this stuff. Uh, if you don't follow him at Edible Excellence OKC on Instagram, you really should pause this podcast right now and go do that. Um, today's podcast, uh, we have Keith and Heather Paul. Thank you so much for taking the time out to just spend some time because you have some amazing concepts. I know we spoke briefly about me being on my health challenge. Day 76, I'm going to smash a, a Tucker's burger. I cannot <laughs> wait to just destroy an onion burger. But um, quick, I'm going to run through the concepts. You have Cheevers, Iron Star Barbecue, Red Prime, Republic, Tucker's, Kitchen 324, The Drake, Barrios, Mexican um, Museum Cafe, and Mexican Radio. That's correct. I think they got it. This, yeah. like, I mean, I, I could. Think I, I, I think that's it. I could eat there for. I think like, it's in order too. It was straight off the website. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's kind of the order of from uh, oldest to newest. Yeah. You just said. Yeah. That's awesome. So take us all the way back, and obviously we got the awesome concepts here. But take me back to where did you guys grow up? Where did it start? This kind of like hospitality love of food. Uh, you want me to go first? You go first. Okay. Yeah. Well. Um, I am originally from Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, moved up here in 96, um, and that's um, Heather and I met working for Benny Keith Foods. So we were both on the other side of this equation with um, on the food service side. Um, so I kind of grew up, I never really worked in restaurants. Uh, I think I worked one in, in a pizza place in, in high school and got fired um, a few months in. Um, we do not need to talk about why I got fired, but um, I think there's a little karma that comes back to me when, uh, with our current staff. But um, moved up here, met Heather. We Heather had some restaurant experience, grew up in the restaurants a little bit. So we, we uh, basically, um, we kind of, we some of our accounts were some of the best restaurants in Oklahoma City with the Coach House and Metro and petroleum club and um terra luna and things like that and so we we also had some that that weren't so great but either way we we learned the ins and outs of what to do what not to do mainly what not to do in the restaurant business you know we saw these mistakes we didn't know they were mistakes at the time but these they were everyone makes them and so we kind of thought we could you know do better or, or we just love what we love the food and love the restaurant business and so we decided to jump out and do something on our own and Cheevers was our first and um, Heather immediately left Benny Keith and, and went and ran Cheevers and I was there. Um, I had to stay on at Benny Keith because we needed an income but I think for two years um, or for two years every dime we made paid our the first dollars went to pay the mortgage everything else went to Cheevers so it was a uh, it was a, a, it was a lot of, it was fun, you know, but it's like I can talk, we can laugh about it now, but it was, it was rough going stressful. there for a yeah. while. Yeah. Very stressful. So what, what time period was this? This was around two, 2000. Yeah. Yeah. 2000, April 2000 is when Cheevers opened. Okay. Yeah. How long so had you guys been together during this time? Uh, we had been married, let's see, three like years. three years. So I, I mean, we did pretty good making it through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throwing that in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I Long mean, nights and early mornings. It was. Yeah. It was just Heather did everything, and and then I. It was always hard. You know, we knew some people in the business from our from our uh, our distribution days, and so we were hiring chefs, and and chefs still have this stigma of you know they they're. They're very it's creative. my way or the highway. Yeah, it's my way yeah. or the highway, and that just wasn't really working for us. And so we were probably hard to work for and with. And so we had a few guys walk out, and um, I kind of—I've always loved to cook, and just kind of jump back in the kitchen. And I would work at, at Benny Keith for you know eight hours a day, and then at five or six o'clock, I'd head over to Cheevers and work dinner, you know, seven nights a week. And 
that was uh, 20 years ago, so I was I was almost 30 at that time. I guess I was. I was probably 31. Yeah, so. you were. Yeah. I don't know if I could do that today. And he <laughs> was training for to. a marathon at some point in there, yeah. which yeah. is crazy. But so you gotta have a lot of stamina. When I look back on it now, I mean, there's a certain amount of. <clears throat> I mean, you do have to have a certain level of stupidity. <laughs> I mean, for lack of a better word, to right. do this, we didn't know. Or ignorance is a better way to say it. Because I feel like if we had knew, known the things that we know now, we probably would never have done it. Um, we just, I think the fear alone would just freeze us. We just didn't know enough to know how, how, how terrible it was, it yeah. was yeah. That what we were doing. Um, we but, didn't have much to lose, we didn't think. Um, Except for just everything. Just everything. Just the but house. What was that? And... Yeah, you know, we, it wasn't that much if you think back on it. But um, God, if we did that today, I don't think we would make it. I think mm -mm. the competition now is just super stiff. Just yeah. fierce. It's it's just crazy the the amount of talent that's in this town. So when I see one-off restaurants opening and today, I'm like, I hope they know what they're doing because this is not easy. Um, I feel nervous for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we don't wish any, any bad will on anyone, but we we feel for them because, you know, it, the stuff we were even serving and the things we were doing were, we had this fried shrimp that we were so proud of. And I on don't the think, first menu we had, yeah. I, I wouldn't even that. look <laughs> at it now. I, I don't know what we were thinking, but it's, it's really terrible. Um, to loop back, I am from Oklahoma City, so I grew up here. Um, and again, I, you know, I, I graduated college with a degree in, um, design and, uh, went into the retail business and it wasn't great in Oklahoma city and really on a lark kind of took a job at, I was in between jobs and I took a job at Benny Keith foods, um, because I did love the restaurant industry. I grew up in it. My mom had um, some a small amount of ownership in um, what was called Leslie's Painted Desert. You guys will not probably remember that. So Leslie's Painted Desert was in business for almost 20 years uh, where Iron Star is. So um, it was a restaurant called Chadwick's before. It has a long history of, of restaurants that were there a really long time. So I, um, I waited tables just like everybody else, but I managed as well. My mom had a burger place in Choctaw. Um, so somehow I just kept getting drawn back into the, the food industry. I took the job at Benny Keith and loved it, loved it so much, um, getting to know that side of the business and all the chefs and all the restaurant owners. Um, we had a good mix of restaurants, uh, that were high-end, but also, like, Keith had a, a, a high number of Chinese food restaurants. I had a lot of Mexican restaurants. I had a nursing homes, whatever. Um, Habana Inn was one of my big clients. Uh, so we learned so much from these people. And when we had the opportunity um, to purchase Cheevers, so the young lady who, who bought that um, when it was still a flower shop, she had it for about a year and a half, I think. And she was from Louisiana, and she also had bought camps. And it was actually a customer of Keith's. Uh, she just one day said, do you know anybody who wants to buy a restaurant? I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, and we sort of had a conversation, because I grew up in this area as well. And at the time, um, there was nothing. I mean, sort of, there was this thing that we call the 63rd Axis. So everything um, that you wanted, you had to drive uh, past 63rd. There was nothing but fast food. This area was super bad. Um, I mean, there were still prostitutes on 23rd. Uh, and the restaurant, the year before we had bought it, had been firebombed. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, let me tell you what a great location this is. Yeah. Uh, it still had some of the last banks of tel telephones, you know, where Dunkin' Donuts is now. Um, still pay phones. So you, you, if you sat on the patio, um, we would always say it was dinner and a movie because <laughs> you would just see like all kinds of transactions going down across the street. Um, but we really felt like, uh, you know, if you looked even further in the past, this was a great area. There were lots of restaurants and stores. And in fact, um, Kerr's, which is where Drake is, um, was a really fashionable 
uh, lady store and the home, or not the Home Depot, the sound warehouse that I love to go to is sort of this Asian market that's right here. So I really felt like, hey, there's people that are starving for a restaurant. Let's let's do this. We can do this. We know what we're doing, right? <laughs> and so as Keith said, yeah, he worked doubles until he could leave uh, Benny Keith. And I don't remember taking, I did not get an official paycheck for five years um, working doubles as well because we started Iron Star in 2002 when we had the opportunity to, to purchase that. That was a real sentimental thing to me um, and we weren't making any money and I don't even know what we thought we were doing <laughs> purchasing that and starting it uh, yeah we had two restaurants not making money yeah that's what we had and we just worked at both of them all the time so that's how we got started <laughs> yeah not recommended but I guess that's uh, you know being entrepreneurial it just you just gotta jump out there yeah. and do it yeah so, and there wasn't all the things. I think it's a good thing that there weren't all the things that there are now as far as, um, you know, social media and the Internet even. Because I remember having the conversation at Cheevers with Keith of, do you think we need a website? And we were sort of on opposite sides on that of like... I, no, I don't think anybody is really, you know, going to look come to a website to look at anything about us. What are they using it for? You yeah. know, people were getting on MySpace, whatever. I. Well, this is before the internet. I mean, it was, it was mm, around, I, well, around 2000. Yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah, no, but websites like you had to pay yeah. a bazillion dollars to have one, and we didn't know what we were going to do. So. Right. Now it's you can create that, or you can you don't have to pay a lot of money for advertising. I mean, we didn't have money for advertising. You can, there's so many. Um, it's easier, but it makes it harder. I think at the end, in the end, with uh, all the access that people can have to you. Yeah, um, I'm glad you talked about the the history of Cheevers and everything. Because one yeah. of the things I wanted to wanted to learn about was you know what it's like. You know, a lot of your restaurants are in districts that didn't exist 10 years, 10 years ago, 15 right. years ago. So kind of what it's been like being on, on the ground floor, yeah. really, in a lot of these places. Because, you know, you have barrios in Midtown. I mean, yeah. Midtown, 10 years ago, there really right. wasn't anything there. Or, you know, Automobile Alley. All, the, all these areas are really just kind of up and coming. Yeah. So what's it been like to watch those areas, you know, grow and develop? I mean, it's exciting to see, yeah. but it's hard to be the first. That's for sure. Yeah, Red Prime was the first. Uh, well, Cheevers was the first in this area you know, on 23rd Street. But this area took off a lot, um, I, I would say, a little bit quicker than, than others. You know, after us was, I think, Big Truck came on um, five or maybe eight years later. But, um, you know, Automobile Alley, we had, it was us and then Iguana further up on 9th Street. Forever, there, that's it. Forever, that was it. Yeah. And, and, you know, Automobile Alley still is, it's starting to almost feel complete there's still some big gaps in the street um you know one area we said no to uh probably five times from 2002 to 2010 or 12 was a plaza district mm -hmm. we just said no we're it's not you know 2002 <clears throat> or 2005 the plaza district was as rough as 23rd street yeah and and you know we had no we had no desire to be down there so well we already had so many in areas that were similar that yeah. it was kind of like hey we would, would like what people call even a b location like if you go through all of our beginning restaurants and and maybe some of them now because we'll say we're not experts at at location finding we really sort of it's a gut thing it's an emotional thing. We love old buildings. We love the history of old areas, but we have chosen what most people call F locations. <laughs> and I think that at some point we were kind of like, Hey, we, we just don't want another F location. We kind of would like to try something, uh, better. So, but it's kind of been on our list for a long time. The Plaza. Yeah, Plaza's been on our list for a long time. You know, Kitchen 324 is still one of our worst locations as far as traffic goes. You mm -hmm. know, like at, at night, there's nothing there. There's no one down there. Um, and all, none of our restaurants have good parking. You know, even Republic um, in Class and Curve, which was a brand new area. Um, so it's been open almost eight years, I think. And mm -hmm. there's just not enough parking there. So we... Parking is a big deal to a lot of people, and it's a big deal when you read about how to pick locations. But I don't know; it's 
it's kind of like um, it's if there's a parking demand, there's a parking shortage. It just kind of creates this sense of of uh, demand or something for us is the way we think mm -hmm. we look at it. But when people ask us, is this a good location or is this, is this a bad location? We have no clue. We're <laughs> We, we we're lie. not the ones to ask. Yeah, we're, not, we're not the ones to ask. That's, that's not what we do. It's, it's more of a, a potential gut. scale, right? Yeah. Does this yeah. have the most potential? Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, I think you did good on the Second Republic in Chisholm Creek. I thought that, yeah, yeah, that's still up for debate. Um, <laughs> you, know. It, you know, it's a bevy of restaurants up there. It is. There, there is that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think, uh, you just never know. I think Barrios... See, one thing I do feel good about our locations is that they're, they can go nowhere but up, right? right. So <laughs> whatever we're doing now, if we can just keep, you know, our sense and, and our focus, then we should be okay. You know, Red Prime has probably the biggest, um, with Broadway, the way it's going, and then, you know, Barrios with Midtown, and all, there's still so many vacant lots, mm -hmm. and, and um, Kitchen 324, you know, if, a, if downtown ever really thrives at night, we're in a great spot there, too. So it's better and better. I mean, yeah, I it love it. Every time I go to the park and it's the evening and I see so many families and people, it's just amazing. Yeah. It's amazing what's happened in the last 20 years. Not, I didn't really think of this, but did you guys, most, some of your restaurants of, I say most, there's probably three or four that are on the streetcar route. How was business during that? Um, yeah, because it was what, like six months, right? It was, it was pretty horrible. terrible. Because <laughs> yeah, you have Kitchen Three Two Four, Barrios, Red Prime. Mm -hmm, those three. It's those three, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the history of Kitchen—it's about seven years old. Kitchen closed for, or the streets—I mean, literally closed for Project One Eighty. You could not get to Kitchen except to go another block um, east and south to get to the restaurant. Um, and then the streetcar a few years, a few years later. <clears throat> totally shut it down again. I mean, we go, Robinson yeah. is right on the streetcar, and then Broadway loops around to red, and we were three months from fit fourth to sixth on Broadway closed, um, and then Broadway the same, or uh, Barrios the same way, Hudson and Harvey kind of alternated being closed for a year, and then after the streetcar was finished, they, they Hudson, dug it up. <laughs> they ripped up Hudson yeah. for six months, so, you know, I, I it, but we made it. We, we made, made it. it. You know, we made it. So when people out in the suburbs complain about, oh, we got to put in a fire hydrant, I'm like, I don't care. It's, it's going to be fine. Just, yeah. You guys don't realize how good you got it. So, but it's progress, and hopefully the streetcar, you know, shows some some return. I don't know if you know it's got a it's that's un, undecided yet. We'll see how that goes. So what are some of the major accomplishments? I mean, obviously you have, you know, 14 restaurants, is that right? Mm -hmm. So any, anything stands out, any major accolades, achievements, things that, uh, you know, recognition, industry or otherwise? I don't know. You know, we go back to, what was the, we did a dinner for Sandra Day O'Connor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, we've done, yeah. Those, 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 we've met a lot of really cool Celebrity people. dinners or, or things like that are, are a lot of fun. Um, I don't, you know, we just, we really focus on that. It's, it, it can be, it, it, it can inflate not only us, but our staff as well. And so we've just never, we've never been one to, it's just, we haven't intentionally done this, but right. well, whenever, whenever we win, you know, we've won best business owners of the Gazette two years in a row and best, Cheevers is um, best restaurant several times of several stuff. Red Prime was best steakhouse and all these different, um, Online. And national stuff, or yeah, we've Southern had Living national awards, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think um, one of the things that we're really happy about is that we've been able to continue to grow, and we have a lot of people that have been with us for a really long time. Um, restaurant industries are notorious for high turnover. Now, in this last year, with just how many restaurants there are and there's more jobs than there are people um i think it's it's inched up there but i we have always been uh, proud in the past of just the amount of people that we have that stay a long time and then i think the other thing because i had this question from somebody recently um i'm really proud that i feel like um we've worked really hard to make the the restaurants or the personality of our restaurants more about the people that are in them. So if it's in your neighborhood and you go often, it's not about 
us, Keith and Heather, it's really about the people who work really hard within the restaurants. The personality of the restaurant has more to do with our folks than us. And we sort of had that discussion early on, maybe by number three, because when we opened number three, it was like, ooh, our jobs start changing. Um, there were so many other things to do rather than just, hey, I'm working on the floor, I'm talking to every guest, and he's cooking all the plates. Um, and we thought, if we don't, if we make this just about us, we'll never make it. And I feel like we've been pretty successful with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I'm proud of that anyway. No, I, I, think, that, I think that's a really major accomplishment. Um, when I was at the, the parlor soft opening a few weeks ago, I met Chris McCabe. Yeah. And when he told me how long that he'd been with you, yeah. I, I, my eyes got wide. I was like, that long? Yeah. Because that, you don't hear stories like that. I mean, yeah. it's usually I'm here for a year or two or maybe just a few months. Or, yeah. you know, it's just it's people go from place to place. Yeah. yeah. So I think that really is a testament to something that you're doing right. Yeah. And eventually, like, those things are going to happen, too. Like, with Chris McCabe, um, uh, Todd Woodruff also um, worked with us for a time of... It, it, it's fun to see that kind of thing happen, too, where somebody that has worked really hard with us then gets to go on and have um, success on their own. Um, even the gentleman that owns uh, Cafe Antigua... Uh, he was one of our cooks and helped us open Iron Star. He literally was like one of the people along Keith side, Keith and I, um, redoing the floors and, you know, hanging drywall and all of that stuff. And he has had great success with, um, Cafe Antigua and then his, it's his son-in-law, right? That is Cafe Seven. Cacao. Or Cacao. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Not Cacao. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. I mean, that, those are fun things to see. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's very, I say this every time we have a podcast, it's very Oklahoma, right? Like, it's just like, just like, this is not about us. It's about the people and why we're in business. Yeah. Um, it has to be. Yeah. And centered around food as well. It could be yeah. anything, but around yeah. food, it just makes it more personal, yeah. right? Because you have people coming to your restaurants for birthdays, for whatever yeah. occasion it is. We see whole, I mean. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Uh, engagements, marriage, baby showers, sometimes funeral. Uh when you have a relationship with a guest um, that long, that many years. Yeah. We've been talking about that a lot because Cheever's uh, anniversary is, 20 year anniversary is gonna be this coming April. And seeing how we could get a collection of stories from, that people would you know, hand in to us so we could kind of compile something um, of just from their perspective, um, something that's happened in their life. Yeah from going to cheaters. I definitely so. have one for you. So uh, oh, a friend of mine, that. a guy, he, he, he was my, uh, he married me and my wife, a good friend of mine, Jason Smith. He tells a story that they come to every year, they come for their anniversary to Cheevers. And yeah. when they first came, they ordered one meal because that's all they could afford. And they split oh, it. Oh, my and gosh. Katie, his wife, is yeah. now, I think, assistant dean at OU Medical, uh, one of the first women to become that role. And oh, he's wow. a pastor. And they're... They're awesome. So I 100%, they would guarantee give oh you about their gosh, story. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, Jason's awesome. Yeah, he'd give you a story. And I, I always remember him telling me that because I always remember like every time I drive past and he yeah. was like, I said, where are you going? You know, oh, we got to go to Cheapers. Yeah. So yeah, oh that, he was the first person who referred me to go to Cheapers actually. So well, yeah, we I'll gotta, have to forward him and get yeah, you guys in touch. Yeah, please do. Yeah, because they, they have a great story. Um, That's but, amazing. Uh, no bias, but what is your favorite concept out of everything you have? I know it's really hard to choose, yeah, but like, pick your favorite child. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, that's so hard. Yeah. It's usually the newest one. If we have something that's really new, like Mexican radio right now, it's yeah. pretty, um, we're loving it. Um, and museum. I mean, yeah. we've spent a lot of time there. Uh, that's so hard to say. <laughs> I mean, I think it is because if you're just talking about food, then it's probably always going to be the newest because we've eaten the other for so long that now we just modify so many things. <laughs> yeah, but, people talk about Cheever's rolls. And uh, it's like, those I can't are, eat them those anymore. Those are so good, but I haven't eaten one. And I mean, really set, I've tasted one just to, for quality checks, but I haven't like craved the Cheever's roll yeah. in 10 years. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> or even the chicken fried steak. I mean, I haven't yeah. had the chicken fried steak there in so long. I love the chicken fried steak. <laughs> I, I, I uh, The jalapeno gravy just, uh, I, uh, 
And so that's his grandmother's recipe. Yeah, the chicken fried steak is, not the yeah. jalapeno gravy. Yeah. I mean, the, the gravy up to the point where you put jalapenos in the gravy. So, um, but you know, growing up, he had, she had a farm and we would eat it three days a week. <laughs> <laughs> Talk a little bit more about the new ones, about Mexican radio, because that's re- really recent, yeah. right? So yeah. where did that come about? Where did the idea come from? And, and what's a non-denominational taco? <laughs> I know. Is that upsetting people? Is that is that why you're asking that? It's a weird thing. It's, it's weird. It, it's like everyone's like scratching their heads trying to figure out what, what mm. exactly. It's, it's like it's just a taco, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, is it a special taco? Is it is well, it is it's it a, a not taco special for taco? anyone? Well, it's like, creating conversation, right? Yeah. It is. It yeah. is that. It's so very successfully doing. So that's that's enough for us. Um, <laughs> I don't. You know, Mexican radio. It, it, we. I think where our passion lies is. Whenever we, whenever we get approached with a location, we don't have a concept to say, let's go find a location for um, a taco shop. That's not how this happened. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was Steve Mason said, hey, do you want to talk about this old empire space? We're like, yeah, let's go take a look. Let's talk about it. And we said, nah, we're, we don't really, we're, we have enough going on. I think 30 days later, as Heather and I start to talk about things, it's like, you know, Plaza District needs, one thing they don't have is a taco shop. And so some of the best tacos in the, in the country are uh, taco trucks and $1.50 tacos. You sit on the curb and you eat your taco. And that's great. And we, we love that. Mm-hmm. But That's we, not what this is. That's though. not what this is. And <laughs> we wanted to make, trying to make that as clear as possible, that that's not what this is. And mm-hmm. we're doing you know, some char siu and some fried chicken and um, uh, buffalo cauliflower and, and things that aren't traditional. traditional tacos. But it's just like the ahi tuna taco. It's, if you go to Republic and get the ahi tuna and you take it and you put it in a tortilla, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly yeah. the same ingredients. Um, because it's just, we were doing it, we want to do a tuna taco. And it's like, well, how can we do that? Let's think about it. Why are we beating our heads against the wall? That's a great dish at Republic. Yeah. Let's just take that and put it in the taco. And, and so that's kind of where we are there. Yeah. The cold drink part, so it's casual, it's fun, it's um, the music, you know, the name. Um, you guys wouldn't understand the name probably until you did some You're research. Too You're young. too young. But, oh. uh, Shockingly, I actually do know most of that music. Okay, good, That's good. A, I do not. It's, you know, the taco thing was, and, and that location is very close to... Um, the sort of inexpensive family-made delicious taquerias. We're close to that. The, we, don't, we don't want to compete with that. I mean, this is a taco shop through our filter, um, through Keith and I's filter. Um, and we just kind of wanted it to be um, yummy things that we thought would make tacos. Because we have heard that thing of like, well, you can't just put um, whatever you want in a tortilla and call it a taco. And my question is, why? Yeah, I disagree firmly. On yeah, because it's yeah. like you can take two pieces of bread and put anything you want in it and call it a sandwich. And and I feel like you can take a tortilla and make a rollover of whatever you want. I mean, on Thanksgiving, I would definitely put turkey and dressing in a corn tortilla. I wouldn't have a problem with that. You should definitely offer that as a special. I, yeah. I, I will come and I will try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have uh, one of um, the gentlemen that have been with us for a really, really long time. In fact, he was the head chef at um, Iron Star for years and years, and he's at Barrios now. Uh, he is a Barrios. Uh, he, his wife will make the most delicious turkey and dressing tamales. And this is not a traditional dish. Like, I don't know... I don't think it has to be, but it is so, such a yummy thing. How could you go through life and miss a turkey and dressing tamale? <laughs> so that's how Mexican radio, but it definitely has an 80s bend to it. We just kind of wanted to throw in that sort of 80s generation thing. Um, MTV with, generation. Or, and, yeah, and music, MTV. music being a big part yeah. of it with the, with the servers. Um, wearing con- their favorite concert shirts which yeah. they all had to order them because no one they didn't no one buys concert shirts i guess like I they know, used to in I the 80s you know, walk around the van halen shirt yeah. you know, or <laughs> rolling stone shirt every server i think i've seen more rolling stone shirts than anything or britney spears 
Yeah, everybody kind of like... Britney Spears every day. Every day, yeah. that's what she wears. <laughs> and the bar menu kind of has a, a tilt towards 80s drinks, which were terrible and also had offensive names. But um, we tried to bring that along, update it for, for uh, now. So. so in Mexican radio, you have the, the one room with all of the, the tape cassettes uh-huh. yeah. on, on the wall there. How long did it take you to collect all those? Do you have to go to just antique shops around uh-huh. town? And That was an Etsy thing. Like uh, Etsy and eBay, um, we ordered uh, tons. So it took three different times, though. So initially we ordered uh, 900 tapes, and we thought, hey, this will do it. I mean, we did our measurements and then measured the tapes and sort of did a calculation, thought this was going to be good. It was not. Uh, We ordered 300 more, and it still was not enough. And this last 150, we had some people also just say, oh, I have tapes in my attic, and bring tapes over. So it's kind of fun to go through the wall and look at um, all the different music that's on there. And even when we did training, I would say, uh, oh gosh, I had to ask the question, how, was anybody in, in this room alive in the 80s? No. Was anybody <laughs> in this room alive in the 90s? Mm, there was like a couple hands. <laughs> and so then it was like, well, who doesn't know what a cassette tape is? And then just explain to them sort of part of the reasoning behind that is just when we talk about the love of food and the love for hospitality, and then you translate that into if somebody sat down and made a mixtape for you, they really loved you because they probably sat in front of their radio for like three days with, you know, dual uh, tape decks to push record when the right song came on and get the whole thing and then wait another day for the next one that they wanted. I mean, it's a labor of love. So how many did you get? How many ones did you get? Mixtapes? Mixtapes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah? I made a lot. I love music. Like, I feel like that's the the other element in a restaurant that's sort of like when everything is right and you're you're doing your happy dance because you just ate some food that's making you feel really good, but then also the music is making you feel happy. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's the other personality. There's kind of like the TVs at Republic are like their own thing. Um, sports, but I don't even know. I just know I can pick out the tapes on that deck that were the kind that I personally love to use that had the colors on them. Uh, so yeah, talk about the museum cafe. How did that come about? I mean, obviously the museum cafe had been there for a number of years yeah. and you know, were you approached to take that over or how did that? Yeah, we were approached, um, by the, uh, the museum to take that over. Um, they had their longtime general manager, um, was retiring and so I guess he I guess they've had kind of the same leadership for maybe 20 years Mm -hmm. or so um close to and so we we really fast we kind of said you know we'll we'll do it this is the you know the the deal we can start you know January 10th or whatever day that was and um just came in and and, we're still working at it so it's uh it's got a huge event component um and we thought our 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 thinking behind that was the museum is a is just a shining star for the city. It need the, the cafe needs to be uh, really really good. So it's a uh, it's a work in progress. It's for definitely sure. going to take um, a while to get it to where it needs to be, and we knew that going in. Um, not because of where it was as much as it, that's restaurants just take a long time to you know build um, to build the business and to work out all the kinks and to work through different, you know, nooks and crannies of the building and, and what the, the customers like. And we're trying to, you know, bring in a whole new customer, which is not the easiest thing to do. You know, people are in, have their habits. Um, Civic Center show nights like Hamilton was just crazy busy, um, busy all over town when you have things like that come to town. But um, there's an exhibit now that's about to wrap up that has really been good for the cafe. But, you know, it's a... It's uh, a lot of the board members are regulars of our restaurants and friends of ours, and so um, it's really worked out the relationship that the that we have with them now is is everyone's on the same page. Yeah. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it it is hard when you have a, a core clientele that has been coming for years, and you do need to make some updates to bring in um, a new generation of diners. 
Uh, and that, that's hard work, so it'll take a while on that. But I just, it's so, it's one of those restaurants, like this is the best compliment I think that we can ever get is when someone comes to one of our restaurants and says, oh, I ate at such and such last night and I didn't even feel like I was in Oklahoma City. You know, when I, I think the view uh, out of that restaurant is so great, but I think Kitchen is like that and Red is like that. Um, that's the biggest compliment, I think, so. We got a ways to go on, on Museum Cafe, but we're excited about it. Well, you did a great job in the space. I mean, it, it really is a beautiful Thank restaurant. You. I mean, yeah. I, I never had the opportunity to dine there before, but I've seen the before and after pictures. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a world different. Yeah. And uh, and the food's absolutely great there. I mean, the, I think I had the prime rib there, mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed that. I mean, oh, it was just, yeah, really had a good time there. Good, good. Great to hear. And outside of your own restaurants, because I'm sure, like you said, out of qual tasting for quality, you don't probably eat that much at home, I guess, at your meeting at your own restaurants. Where do you guys go to eat? What's like your favorite spots in town? You know, we, uh, if, if uh, Heather and I, it seems like if we go out together, we always end up at one of our restaurants. I know. A lot we're of bad. times. Um, I mean, and we do actually, we go through big, like if we're trying to be healthy, so after you've tasted a million tacos for like seven months, <laughs> along with a lot of other probably not great for you food, uh, then we'll sort of do a whole string of, we do cook at home a lot at night. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, we like Packard. I love maples. Uh, yeah. I mean, typically we try to go to other independents, not just our own. Uh, and then we also like really not good for you food. Like I love Del Rancho. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, we we probably had that in the last four weeks. My grandmother lives in more. <laughs> There's yeah. a new Del Rancho over there. Probably I would say, I mean, if I had a go-to place, it would be Cafe Antigua. I could go there and get, the, I've gotten the same thing there for 12 years. I never got any, I've gotten anything else. <laughs> There's no reason to, it's the best dish. Number seven is the best dish in the city, bar none. So. There's so many exciting choices too. Like I've had plant on my list. I I want to go so bad, and I still haven't made it up. They're they're doing really great. That's like exciting to see. I'm so excited to see a restaurant that is um, plant based, health conscious, busy and doing well. Because I feel like five years ago that probably could not have happened. Yeah, it's like it's good to see people jump in on that, and and even like when you guys brought in the Impossible Burger, you guys one of the only people, first people to do yeah, that. Yeah, Tucker's was one of the first. Yeah. yeah, how was that? How was that received? I'm assuming it was received very well, but like, how was that whole, even like the process of trying it and getting it here? How was yeah. that? Yeah, we we've, I guess we went straight to the distributor who um, at that time was was looking at the Impossible Burger, and the deal with Impossible at that time was you had to. The, the distributor had to have a request from enough people that dined at these restaurants, and that's how they decided if, if the Impossible was going to come into Oklahoma City and then be distributed to different restaurants. And so um, we tried it at all the Tuckers, and we promoted it via Instagram and, and other social media platforms, and it just took off. I mean, it was crazy. Um, and so since then... We've added it at Kitchen. We do an Impossible Patty Melt, and I think we have we have it Republic as well. And it's, you know, it's it's good. It's a good good product, especially for it's it's more of a I don't want to eat meat for the right for the different reasons, right? So it's not the healthiest thing you can eat for sure. And I think people are realizing that um, it's another option. Yeah. For sure, you know, it's an option. And if you don't want to eat meat, that's that's your option, and that's great. All right, so we've talked a lot about, you know, all of your restaurants, but do you have any concepts in the works, maybe like a pizza place or a sushi restaurant or anything out there? You know, we almost did a sushi restaurant um, about six years ago, next door to Red. Um, Jap we were doing Japanese, we were thinking that, but, you know, um, right now we're, we're, we're just kind of taking it, kind of backing up and focusing on what we have. We mm -hmm. have... Um, um, some things that need some work and we're excited to spend more time on the museum and um, we might look at some uh, another Tucker's probably sometime next year but you know Mexican radio still needs a lot of TLC and so we're in no hurry we don't want to go to Tulsa that that doesn't you know we're at some point you know used to but like where can we go do we need to be how much do we need to grow we need to grow this faster 
now it's like, you know, we just like to keep it all within Oklahoma City and let the city kind of grow, let us grow with the city and um, not be the first on a street anymore. Where no one else is. Yeah, <laughs> let, let's let some people do their thing. Let us kind of come in, come in after the fact, after you got it all cleared out and have a nice, you know, street built up for us. There's <laughs> always room for us to do better at what we do. And we feel like right now uh, that's more important than, than growth. Do you guys have any Yukon restaurants? Uh-uh. Not yet? No. That's not too far away, I guess. No, huh? I just, I don't realize the reason I asked why I also live in Yukon, but um, just the, the explosion of just kind of how big Yukon's starting to get now oh, with yeah. a lot of businesses coming in and just kind of, you know, better places to eat. Um, I would love one to be really yeah. close to me. <laughs> Tuckers, I feel please. Like Yukon <laughs> was the first, got the first, this is going to be, t- this is going to tell you something about me. So, one of my very favorite foods is fried chicken, and you will see an iteration of fried chicken at every single one of our restaurants, and that's probably for that reason. But I just, I f- feel like I remember Yukon got the first Popeyes uh, ever in Oklahoma. Huh. <laughs> And we drove up there to eat it. Do you remember that? That was years ago. That was 20 yeah. years ago. So. <laughs> yeah. And. Maybe they'll get the first checkers outside. Yeah, because like <laughs> baked bears, I'm a huge fan of ice cream. So the baked bears, not like 10 minutes from the house. So oh, we've wow. been there because they have one in Norman and they have one in Yukon. But oh, wow. nowhere else. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's right I off like Morgan too. and 10th, Morgan Road and 10th. Yeah. It's just right off the highway. Perfect. Um, but so. If you could bring any concept to Oklahoma City, regardless if it succeeded or failed, yeah, what would it be and why? One yeah. that we created, or one, one that, that we like yeah. somewhere well, else. It could be anything. One that you just, one that's just not here right now that you would love for Oklahoma City to have that you could put your name on it. My you my know, answer is probably gonna be different than yours. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a place in San Francisco um, that does the soft serve ice cream. And they, they, they make it with buffalo milk. And it's about, um, I don't know, the whole shop is about 500 square feet. And so you, 500 square feet in San Francisco, with all the walking traffic, you can make a living out of that, right? And so we stopped, we, we went there for the, for the scoop, the hand-dipped ice cream, and all of a sudden we see this, what's, what's going on? What's this line all about as we're walking up? And they're like, man, you gotta get the, you gotta get the soft serve. I'm like, God, I hate soft serve. It's so, they said, no, it's buffalo milk. Okay, we're gonna try, we're gonna taste it and see what it's all about. It is the best thing. I mean, we tried really hard to, to bring. Uh, we tried to find it, so we're yeah. still on the search for it. So <laughs> um, you heard it here first. So if you see it somewhere else, they someone took our <laughs> idea. But so that's something that would not work here standalone by itself. And a soft serve ice cream shop that's 500 square feet. Um, but it would be fun while like, we could put the machine right here in the corner. We can just all come get one every once in a while. Yeah, that yeah. would be fun. No, that would be cool. You know, buffalo milk, that'd be very, you know, Oklahoma. You know, yeah. Very, very, very on brand. Right, right. <laughs> we could not find it. We could no not. one can sell you buffalo milk. So I don't, they're getting it from a distributor that's very close by. But there, believe it or not, there is no one to buy buffalo milk from. I think there was Close a place in Texas, but then they didn't have a USDA inspector yeah. to bring it across state lines. And there's that. Yeah. But if we the just do it for home thing. use, maybe we'll maybe just, just raise, your, raise your own, right? Yeah. yeah oh, my gosh. Just have our own buffalo. <laughs> Something no new to learn. So what's yours? Uh, well, you know what I'm going to say. So, you know, we have had failures for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he knows what I'm going to say. So Market C was, um, I don't, are either one of you, uh, do you know what Market C is? No? Okay. So years ago, um, we have the building that's right in front of Cheevers, and right now it's... um, Where Killer Coffee is. Where Killer Coffee is. But we had a little shop there that was um, like, I guess Forward Foods might be kind of, but Forward Foods is more more cheese but we did like takeaway um sandwiches and meals uh and then we had cheese and a few gourmet products um and in my mind it was even when we very first met when we were selling food I was I just obsessed with Eatsies and the place that he's talking about that has the Byright Creamery right next door is also a little market like that I just would love to have um a successful little 
market that just had all the food that we want to put together that was easy to take home. It was before its time. It needs to be somewhere where there's heavy walking traffic. Um, and we also ran our catering out of that. But I would love to do that again <laughs> at some point. But yeah. we just we don't know if it'll ever work here. So <laughs> That's one of those things that's just so much. It was a lot of work. So much work. Yeah. Because every, you know, with food in general, it's everything's perishable. Everything has a time limit on it, so your your margins are so small, and so you gotta at least give yourself a, an edge by saying this is a great location, and we can't even do that. So our deal it was is, a cool building. Yeah, it was. A, it's still a cool <laughs> building. Um, it's an original Phillips. What good What good came out of that was our catering business flourished, and so that's when we have this space here. Um, but then we ended up closing the catering business, except for we do sports, so we do all the Thunder, and the Dodgers, and things like that. And blue. So yeah, yeah, and blue. Out of the kitchen back here. Yeah, we had a huge catering business, but as we started to grow, um, it was kind of like, uh, do we continue to grow this portion of our business, or do we put our efforts back in? Because I worked heavily still in that business. Um, and the great thing about growing like we did is we could just move people um, and sort of dissolve that uh, without any hiccups, really. Yeah. yeah. Do you draw like a lot of your inspiration from kind of like the coasts? Because it seems like people I've spoken to in the past, like yeah. we're always last to get everything, but that's great if you're in business because you can bring something here first. Yeah. Although it comes really fast now. I right. Mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, we've learned we've learned some of that the hard way, like Market C. Um, but we spend a lot of time in Santa Monica and the Venice area, and so um, a lot of that food will translate, will travel. You know, the ideas will work here. Um, of course, your um, accessibility to fresh vegetables and things is off the charts okay. over out there. Yeah. But um, yeah, we see a lot of uh, Barrios has a lot of that um, that California kind of. Um, Mexican coastal stuff but so yeah I would say west coast more than especially more than east coast we found that um, and we didn't figure this out until we started spending more time on the west coast that New York is just so heavy European, European um, you know German and French and, and uh, Roman Italian. Italian yeah and so yeah. It, it just doesn't translate as well here um, but like the, the whole ice cream shop and buy ride grocery we love that it's like well what can we do we got a, we got a small space we can do that and then you think about the, you just don't think about the density. It's the creative juices that take over, and it's like this would work. It's working here. Well, there's more people walk by that store in an hour than will walk by here in a year. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah. well, that didn't work. <laughs> but yeah, I we tend to like the West Coast. I, I feel like the food is um, more playful would be a good word. It's not as serious. Not to say, I mean, there's amazing restaurants in New York. I love to eat there as well. Uh, I mean, but even Houston or Austin, um, mm -hmm. Atlanta, there's just great food everywhere, but we do, we love um, LA. So many vegetables. I, we're big side people. You probably notice that in the restaurants. We like to have a lot of sides. So uh, anywhere we can hide the vegetables is good. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, I love eating at all the restaurants. Like Tucker's is my favorite because they're just, the, the states do a better burger than anywhere else in the entire world. I've traveled quite a bit, and now it's like back home, it just can't compete. Um, and it's oh, it's just the best thing ever. Well, and you. most places, like I, I had buddies that came to town uh, for the first time. Two of my high school buddies came to yeah. town. Um, and we went out on a night out, typical UK style. Everyone goes out, right? So we went out, woke up the next morning. And like, what are we going to do for breakfast? I'm like, well, it's 11.30. Tucker's is open. Let's go get an onion burger. Perfect. And the first time they ever had it, they were severely they hungover. It. Oh, they was, okay. it's the best hangover food in the world. <laughs> um, so they were thrilled. Uh, but yeah, I, I love everything you do. Um, Logan definitely loves everything you do because he's, you know, a food connoisseur and Oklahoma City's food connoisseur, yeah, I should say. Yeah, that's true. I think I've been to all of them. But Red Prime, that's the only one. Yeah, oh I gotta cross that one off the list at some point. We gotta but, get yeah. in there. But yeah. all, all the other ones, they, I mean, they, they've, they've, they've never let me down. Um, I think I'm, I'm still in love with Museum Cafe currently, but uh, Thank you. you know, yeah, they've always, they've, they've all been good. Uh, before we close, uh, we mentioned, we spoke about this before we started recording. You guys are looking for some help 
right? Oh, you guys would love time. to have some employees. Sparkly good people the, all yeah? the time. How do they reach out? How do they get involved? Uh, GoodEggDining.com backslash careers. Um, or just my email, rkpaul at GoodEggDining.com, and we can start there. Um, no experience necessary. All you need to do is have a great smile. And love food. And yeah, love food. Yeah, love yeah. food. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. For well, sure. again, thanks for the, so much for the time. Thank you, uh, Logan, thanks for coming in and co-hosting another one and bringing all your expertise because you're far better at it than I am. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks so much. I uh, can't wait to see you know, a new location come up for whatever it is uh, in a couple of years. Maybe a Tucker's in Yukon would be great for me personally. Uh, but you know, it, it's been a pleasure to share the story. Uh, and now, you know, I, it, it just means so much more when we go into a restaurant that's one of yours now because I know you guys more, oh, right? You. So just talking about that relationship and that with a customer, like I just feel more than just walking in and buying something. So um, thanks for your time. I can't wait for the listeners to hear this and definitely everyone listening, go check out uh, all of them uh, just do it in one week why not it's worth it <laughs> treat yourself yeah. but um, yeah thanks so much and we'll uh, catch you guys next week cheers thanks, guys. thank you thank you for listening we are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories for more great Oklahoma content follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram podcast was produced by Mike Hearn and Ian Weston, mixed by Alan Brown, with music by Chad Duro.